0: Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. And yes, it is the second annual, third annual Chubbies. One of those. I'm Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and Chubby Chaser. Uh, and today, today I'm feeling strange because we're recording in the afternoon and it's completely thrown off my circadian rhythm of the show. You know, it's wild
1: and crazy. <laughs> it's nighttime. <Madness>. It's glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Trevor Cazan. I'm a Super chub, and I'm in another amazing... This sparkled, bedazzled, Ooh. sequined Ooh. gown. All the bees. Oh wow! It's going. Oh. It's still just behind me. It's gonna keep going. Uh, we it's have some at the door. Some chasers carrying <laughs> my train as I come towards the stage.
2: Are those the
0: chasers that aren't carrying you on the litter?
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: Hi, my name is Michael. I am a chaser and uh, I just got here because I was carrying Trevor's the back of dress. I'm a little tired. I'm a little sweaty because it's hot out, but we're here. That um, like shirtless oiled look works. So. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I played soccer last night and I just didn't shower.
3: <laughs> Explains mm. the stickiness. My name is Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today I'm just an exhausted boy. That That mm. red carpet is so long. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah. They need to mow it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. too long. To, to the pile is just ridiculous.
3: <laughs> I think there's uh, stuff in it.
2: I, I, d- I don't know. It was a very just, different just direction going. for
3: where I was going. Just but. keep going. The show <laughs> um, must go on. On! For, any, so, oh, for, <laughs> for anybody for any listeners
1: who haven't been listening from the beginning, this is our annual award show yeah. celebrating fat positive, fat representation, in um, mass media, yes, yeah. in all sorts of things, in, in brands, in TV, film, movies, movies. It's our Oscars. Yes. It's the chubby Oscars, a little but broader than that. Yeah, and, uh, and as usual, I am kind of presenting to the listeners the award, and I'm not going to drop it this year. <laughs> I'm going to just place it. <laughs> well, with that carpet, uh, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I think we place okay. it heartily on the table. <laughs>
2: It has landed. I wasn't sure if I still had that sound effect and I was desperately scrolling to my bank to find it. Nailed it. Um, yes. Yeah, so we have uh, throughout the year, we have paid attention to all of the um, various brands and media uh, that have represented fat people and fat stories nicely or well or mm-hmm. both. And uh, we're here to give you the best of the best, yeah. our picks, as it were. Yes. It's um,
3: easy to shine a negative spotlight in mainstream entertainment. But no, we are here to prove that there are good representations out there too that we can be happy with and
2: proud of. Maybe one day a chaser character will win a, ch- will win a chubby. Oh, when there's or a chaser a main- character. When there is one. <laughs> a- uh, not just character. a monster.
1: <laughs> a chaser character who doesn't have a mustache that he's twirling around. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Gonna grab your yeah. some yeah. poor chubby guy to the train tracks
3: again.
0: Oh boy. I can't pay the rent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um... So, yeah, so we're going to go around where each we have a, a couple chubbies to give out. Um, mm-hmm. And who would like to start us off? Who's who's feeling spunky? Who's feeling the most presenterly? I feel moment?
0: I have a good deal of spunk this okay. afternoon. Okay, oh. is
2: full of spunk. Oh, yes, wow. yes, yes. Fresh spunk. Grab a towel. <laughs> my my <laughs> train <laughs> is, How is in this there. episode dirtier than our Valentine's episode. Because we're good,
3: Michael. We're real good. I'd just like my- to avoid talking about spunk while I'm swilling down this creamy glass of rum chata. Uh. <laughs>
2: You're welcome.
3: The chubby I would like to bestow goes to The Nevers. The Nevers. The Nevers, which is a- uh, The show on HBO Max? Yes, thank you. That's what I was going to say. Uh, the Nevers <laughs> on HBO. Um, <laughs> originally helmed by Joss Whedon, who was forced out <laughs> shortly after the pilot. Ooh. No backstory. No backstory. Um,
0: particularly because of the character of uh, Blodgett. Now, Nick Frost is also in that, but I'm going to hit him with my next award.
2: So. Oh, but just smack him over the head with it.
0: Yeah, smack him over the head. But not for the Nevers. Okay. Uh, who I want to talk about in the Nevers is the character of Blodgett. Blodgett. Who, uh, Desiree Blodgett, aka Diva of Desire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh she, I don't know if people know the show, but basically think of steampunk with superpowers. That's that's cool. that's my sort of log line. I'd watch it. And so she uh, she is a sex worker who mm-hmm. has the uncommon ability of being able to simply extrude confessions from people. Like huh. in her presence, people just can't help but tell their deepest, darkest secrets. Mm. So
1: I have to say, I was thinking about this when you were talking about it last night, and I, like how much I relate to that, because <laughs> very often I find myself in the position of people pouring out secrets yeah. to me. And it's just like... I okay, like this is uncomfortable, but go on. I guess. I,
0: th- I think that might be, I don't know. You can, t- you, you, you two tell me, do you think that has anything to do with the fact that a lot of fat people get kind of shoved in the best friend role
3: and you always confess
2: to your best friend,
3: not necessarily best friend, but I would go with a teddy bear. Okay. Source mm-hmm. of comfort, a safe place. And, and I think you
2: know. a, another, uh, I guess the double-edged sword to um, underestimating somebody is also seeing them as kind of harmless. Ah, yeah, And that, that feel, I Mm -hmm. I would bet that that feels very approachable and sort of like, you know, there's, yeah.
0: So why a chubby award? Just because, just because the actress and the character are fat? No, I think there's, there's just a wonderful sense because Desiree is not the only fat character, but there's a wonderful sense in the show that there's just people of all sizes and people of all abilities and people Mm -hmm. of all backgrounds. And Mm -hmm. they do a wonderful job of sort of on the one hand celebrating that, but the conflict of the show is how Victorian society wants to stamp that out. Mm. And it's a lovely way to sort of showcase that in so many different arenas. And also I think it's it's really, it's a nice sort of inversion to have a fat woman as a an object of desire. Mm-hmm. I mean, her name is Desiree, mm-hmm. uh, you know, AKA diva of desire. And so to have her desirable uh, that she doesn't take nonsense from people. She's also a mother, and I think then there's also maybe this conflation with like Earth Mother Confessor, mm-hmm. and she just draws it out of people, which gives her a tremendous amount of power. Because as you can imagine, if political figures come to uh, come to sleep with her, she knows all their shit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is rather handy.
2: It's pretty cool. So what what's the how does she fit into like the, the broad arc of the show? Because I haven't seen the show before. Yeah. So what's the like. How does she fit in? She the is
0: responsible in many ways to advance the plot because she can gather intelligence, even unwittingly. Because, again, if you yeah. can imagine people telling you these secrets, but you're not even, you don't even know their secrets until you're like, the,
3: oh, you probably shouldn't the be The first telling few that. times you see her utilized in the show, she's literally being shoved into a room with somebody they want to know something from. Oh. <laughs> just left there. Just leave her with them. Seduce yeah. them.
0: No, not even, not even yeah. just in her presence. Okay. There's People two other confess.
3: factors with that character that I think is worth talking about real yep. quick is that um, one, she, was, she didn't become the sex worker after she gets the powers, right? Right. So her physical nature in the show is being portrayed as enough to successfully sell her body and live in that time period, okay. right? So the fat is not something keeping her away from sexuality. The other thing I think is neat is that in the world of comic books, Anyone with a charisma superpower is always a looker, mm. right? They're always conventionally beautiful to mm. the point where, like, the superpower seems redundant. <laughs> you can <know, like, laughs> you you tell them well, anything anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I always wondered, so, like, why is it that the seducers always have to be pretty? Why is it the telekinetics, the people with the ability to do things with their brain and never have to move, lift a finger physically ever again, are always perfectly supermodel thin. Super, <laughs> mm-hmm. My fat ass would be on that couch for the rest of my life mm-hmm. using telekinesis. You would be a hell of a, a mm-hmm. professor X, I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would need the wheel
0: couch
1: if I was yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, exactly. you know <laughs> sorry, wheel couch. <laughs> um the so something else I like about what Don said is with Desiree is. I feel like so often when we see like these kind of period PC things, if there is a fat woman, it's usually the fishwife. wife. Mm, and yes. even mm. she is dressed to the nines along with everyone else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's cinched and cleavage. And mm-hmm. yeah. oh, because that's the fashion of the yeah. day. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, um, but that she still gets to partake in that. Yeah. Well, Awesome. Um, congratulations to... Now, is this going to the to the show, to the actress? I, I
0: think it goes to the show. Uh, okay. She does a wonderful job. The actress's name is yeah. Ella Smith, who is uh, absolutely stunning, even outside of the show. Mm. And I think while she does a magnificent job in the interpretation, I think the role that they've
3: created for her to step into mm-hmm. is really what's outstanding here.
2: Awesome. Congrats to the Nevers.
3: I understand yes. that. That actually dovetails well with one of my nominations. Um, so... I'm literally giving best director award to someone for one single shot choice. They made. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, uh, I think I know what this is in black
3: widow. That it is uh, <laughs> when uh red guardian is making his escape. Mm-hmm. We talked about it on the show. He's, he's a larger guy who has lost weight in prison. Um, so the character is not necessarily like a solid fat man, but he's sort of like a, uh, there's a little flabby action going on. I think he gained on, right?
2: weight in prison. Is that what you meant?
3: No, he he lost weight in prison. I think because he used to be a bigger person, and then he's been in prison for like a decade. Um, his musculature has gone down. Okay, I right? suppose. Yeah, he has he, more he's definitely fat. a big guy. Yeah, but, but he yeah. got but he got fatter from his heyday to now. His, My point is his body when you composition. See him running. <laughs> they have a shot of him running where that that flabby essence of his body is reacting to the movement in slow motion. Right mm-hmm. in slow motion, and it is the first time I've seen a fat person portrayed running with it not being used for comic effect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That would have been the easiest shot for her to use for a really easy comedy moment. Mm -hmm. She's showing a fat person running in slow motion. Move that camera one foot and you're going to get a very different effect. Mm -hmm. She chose a very specific moment that showed him capably, that showed him doing what he needed to do in that moment and it not being funny. Mm -hmm. And for that, I am grateful. Yeah. So, uh, Miss Kate Shortland of Australia, um, this was your first major action movie and I am very much looking forward to some more from you. I liked
2: also how she handled the, uh, dining room scene. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. the dinner table scene with the family gets together for the first time. Many of the choices in that scene on paper could have been very stereotypically, um, you know, fat jokes and- the way that she chose to direct that scene, the way that they chose to edit that scene together to go from shot to shot really downplayed what on paper could have been a pretty cheesy, you know, stereotypical, like unimpressive. The the line
3: delivered by the mom character of like, you got fat, but still good. Mm -hmm. It's three words, but those three words could have been delivered in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And the way that was chosen was one of like playfulness and like, Nothing negative about it. Just you got fat, it, but it's like a playful negativeness. And I feel you know?
2: like that's not necessarily a delivery that you that that would have sold in America or from with an American sort of take on what getting fat means. Like Dan, mm-hmm. you've talked about how other cultures yeah. handle that statement differently, and there's less. It's it's not necessarily less sh- a good thing, but it's less baggage attached to it. Yeah,
0: there's less taboo,
2: right. Right,
0: right. I would also say there's an interesting thing that happens in that dining room scene because, you know, all the women at that table are stunning and I'm sure have felt the pressure of looking a particular way for Mm. the camera, for their fans, for a photo shoot, for walking down the street. Mm. And it's a female, it's a female character who says to the guy, hey, you got fat.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's a fair point. Which almost never
0: happens. Yeah.
2: That's interesting. And that production was very female driven. I mean, Scott was one of the produce executive producers directed by a woman starring primarily female actresses, like very much an interesting, different take. I wonder how different it would have been if it had been another sort of Marvel male driven movie, if it would have been the same or different.
0: I think it would have been sixties James Bond. Hmm.
3: Well, I just think it's interesting because we're entering into the new age of the female director, right? Like I've been watching a lot of discovery lately and a lot of other shows that are helmed by female lead actresses. Mm. And for the first time, I'm not just seeing the actress being the only female name. I'm seeing directors on TV shows Mm -hmm. like Discovery. It seems like every episode is written by a woman and and, or directed by a woman. And I've never seen that from shows before. And we're getting lots of new levels of subtlety like Black Widow Mm -hmm. um, that I'm finding very enjoyable.
0: I think there's also something to be said too, that there have always been, female directors. Of course, you know that. And Mary Pickford, one of the first. Yeah. I I think, I think I've seen a lot more. If you look at stuff in the nineties and the early two thousands, there are a lot of, there there is a lot of female directors and a lot of female. I mean, I think, I I think, I guess my point is of course, not as much as now perhaps, but my point is, I think we're noticing it more and we're bringing more attention to it now. And of course there is more. I, I, -hmm. I, that has to be said.
1: I think part of it is also just, you know, female directors helming major properties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You
3: and not I mean? feeling the need to reframe things mm-hmm. for a male gaze, being able to feel like they can make it using their unfiltered yeah.
2: and gaze. I would say fewer, like mm-hmm. how many, this is so common in the last 20 years. How many major, major franchises have handed a giant blockbuster action movie to a male director who was otherwise unknown, unknown. Maybe mm-hmm. they'd done one yep. feature like an independent, mm-hmm. but, the, but take, huge risks on on indie directors fantastic now, four guy the yeah, guy who made chronicle exactly and and some other successes like that guy shit the bet on fantastic four but you know <laughs> um this year well last year 2021 um we had Eternals directed by an indie film director Louisa. woman um and uh, we had Black Widow also um her first major major uh blockbuster style movie like this this is a shift and that's fantastic.
0: It is. But I guess what I'm also looking at is like, oh, and uh, Jane Campion, like mm-hmm. hardly a newcomer. And, uh, and then in TV, think people like Amanda Bierce or Amanda Tapping. Yeah. You
3: know. They, they existed, but not as a solid force. They, no, of course, would, of you, course you right. Generally you'd have one or two female directors as token yeah. presences on TV. I, I guess shows. what
0: I want to say is I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like like, and they came out of nowhere.
2: Like, oh yeah. That's <laughs> no, it's definitely a, a factor of like having yeah. to choose to highlight, who was the, I feel like the woman, I'm totally blanking on her name, I know her name, but the woman who directed Wonder, Wonder Woman. Oh, um, Patty, Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins, Jenkins. right. Yeah. Very much feels like that broke a lot of glass ceilings. But, Absolutely. But
3: let's let's also pay attention to the fact that it's also symptomatic of the new superhero movies generally going after unknown directors for pricing reasons, you know, same thing they did with the actors and control. I Most would of
2: the first too. generation of Marvel. It's a lot easier for a studio yeah. to control an inexperienced director. Very true.
1: Well, I mean, this, I, I'll go next. Cause this is kind of, we're bouncing around to, the room yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, so we talked about Eternals, Chloe Zhao. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to give Eternals a chubby because Yay. just the, the diversity amongst the cast, specifically, uh, Brian Tyree, Henry and Don Lee as Fastos and Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm we've marvel has been getting more diverse in terms of like more than captain america more than tony Mm -hmm. stark more than just the white male hero but also just the the body diversity Mm -hmm. with don lee and brian tyree henry i wouldn't go as far as to say like fat superheroes but
2: like thick boys Mm -hmm. do you want
0: to remind want to remind the audience like who they're portraying
2: Brian Ty- I, Tyree Henry uh, uh, was the fat black actor who was yes. playing Fastos. Yes, the, and, and the first gay superhero in. Openly gay. Openly gay yeah, superhero. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Has an on-screen kiss. With, and uh, you might be able to call them a chub chaser couple. Almost. I mean, they don't I mean, say that. That's why that, I said like,
1: and they're like, cause it's like. You uh, can read into it what you want to. Yes.
2: But it was just like a fat gay black superhero mm-hmm. with it's
1: things are happening people.
2: Yeah. Uh, he's also not relegated to the, like he, his character is sort of the, the tech guy, yeah, the
1: thinker, the brainy, the, Yeah.
2: but he's also not relegated to sitting in the background when the action happens. Yes. Like he has a major role in the final set piece and being actively involved in using his powers um, and running around and doing all the cool superhero stuff that everybody else gets to do as well. Very mm-hmm. much
1: so. And I think it's important because like there's, you know, these, these two actors, but also there is, um, the, I think first deaf superhero we've seen mm-hmm. in a major motion picture mm-hmm. played by a deaf actress, uh, Brian Tyree Henry talks about seeing himself in costume for the first time and like being uncomfortable at first, but then also crying and thinking, you know, bringing in everyone who worked on the costume and thanking them mm. just being because mm. the importance of You know, kids being able to see themselves as superheroes and being able to see Mm -hmm. a superhero that looks like them. And I believe um, Selma Hayek also cried the first time she saw herself Mm. in costume. And just this, I feel like people were really harsh on Eternals. um, Yeah. Because it was one of these Marvel properties that is a little more unusual and like more of a deep cut. But just how monumental it is for the the diversity in the cast but also just like i mean i'm not going to talk about the but like the end of the movie like this is the latest film kind of timeline wise in the marvel cinematic universe and like this kind of ensemble gets to set up like a bunch of crazy stuff that i don't really know (laughs) is going to happen but it's great yeah love it love to
2: see it chubby's all around (laughs) (laughs)
3: michael uh yeah are you ready to give out your first chubby michael
2: i i am um so one of my most sort of unexplored, I was worried going into watching Cruella last mm-hmm. year um, because I, I was excited for the, just the general, like Emma Stone, uh, Emma, why am I blanking on her name? The other Emma, uh, Watson. Uh, no, Not <laughs> in Watson. The, movie. <laughs> the other Emma, um, in the, Emma Thompson. Yes. Um, and, and all of the stuff that comes with Cruella, but the, uh, the character of Horace, yes. I believe, um, it, it, we were all going in like really just bracing for the the sort of typical like bumbling fat incompetent dumb and having gone back and watched not all of the animated 101 dalmatians but uh, the first half of it i would say on a plane um there there was no reason that this character needed to be handled anything other than that like mm-hmm. the sort of fat bumbling comedic idiot um and he, they, they found a way to walk a line in Cruella where they got the comedy from the character and he isn't the brightest in terms of like awareness, like social awareness. Like a lot of the comedy comes from him sort of not picking up on the cues that everybody else is giving him. Like they're saying, no, we're not going to pull a heist. And he sort of like winks and it's like, but we are going to pull a heist. And he doesn't <laughs> get it. But when he's planning stuff, he's very smart. He's very competent. He's able to put together complicated schemes, um, improvise, and you don't get that typical like dumb sidekick vibe. You get the funny sidekick vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think what you're pointing to is that
0: he is a fat comedic character that didn't have to be fat to get a laugh.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. 100%. I don't think there's a single fat joke I think there's no, a couple the of scenes where maybe he's eating and- He was eating breakfast. Yes. and he was stuffing crumpets in his pocket when they got into the I forget the character's name but the Which, which I,
3: I would actually say is more of a poor joke than a fat joke. Which yes. yeah, because the
2: yeah. entire the entire history that we've seen them in the movie they have been scrounging and stealing. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah, but still they deal. make but
0: still they make it the fat guy who does it. But all right. But, but I think but by that point
2: up, in the movie we've talked about this kind of
1: dynamic before with like food related humor and fat characters. Right. Where I was a little like, mm, but I'm like, but that would still work with a thin character. It would still work if he were a how they've character. Absolutely, established absolutely. the character. Yeah. So, and, and I
0: think by that time, as you've said, Michael, we've built up enough cred and confidence with his mm-hmm. character that he isn't a fat joke. That if, yeah. you know, when he does come in contact with food and he is the only one eating it or mm-hmm. taking it, we're like, okay, I can live with that.
2: Yeah. My favorite to, to sort of in Don's style, my favorite moment where i was you know they they play this scene where they have to break into um emma thompson's character's uh warehouse her, mm-hmm. her shop essentially or uh and there's a guard there that they're in trying to intentionally alert they're trying to sort of tip their hand that there's been a break in um and so they both uh jasper and horace rappel down from the ceiling and you see uh the rappel ropes drop into frame into a wide shot and you're bracing this is Exactly mm-hmm. how you would play a comedic, pratfall. you expect mm-hmm. the
3: thin guy's feet to touch the grounds, the fat guy hasn't come into shot yet, and, and then, then you then expect the fat guy in, to fall into shot and, and land.
2: clumsily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm his sorry, head.
3: and necessarily on his ass, right? It must right. happen on his ass because he'll be fine as long as it's his big, cushy. Well, mm-hmm. absolutely,
2: Don. <laughs> and he just both of them drop gracefully into frame and they're looking around and making their plan. And you, And I was just like, wait, oh, oh, that didn't that it's happened so many times that you know that it's going to happen. And mm-hmm. then when it doesn't, it's just shocking and it's sort of good. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And this, by the way, the, the whole point that I wanted to mention about the, the director of this movie who is named Craig Gillespie. He had directed Itanya, yes, oh, which we talked which, about a couple of years ago. And that was not that good. friendly. It was yeah. the same actor, Paul Walter Hauser, mm-hmm. um, Playing the fat character in that movie, playing an almost identical role, I would say, like basically the sort of bumbling I, crook.
1: I would say less so in Itania The like his defining characteristic in Itania is like he's fat. He's literally always eating. Yeah, you don't see him not every eating. Every single and shot. it's just like,
2: what is walking? What fat is joke. happening? And in that movie. Now, granted, it's, you can't totally pick apart what was the script, what mm-hmm. was the director, what was the actor objecting. Like, Paul Walter Hauser has gained quite a bit more power and clout since I, Tanya. Yes. Like, that was, I think, his first kind of semi-mainstream noticeable role, or one of them. Um, and since then, he's... Was he Oscar-nominated for... for um,
3: I want to say yes. For uh, the uh, movie uh, was, for the sure. The bombing one.
2: Um, uh, yeah. God, Richard Jewell. Richard Jewell. Yes. Um, at any rate... Uh, It's hard to pin down exactly where the difference came from, but the fact that it's the same director with the same actor and it's played that much better is notable. And Mm -hmm. I think chubby worthy. I don't know exactly who I would give it to, but I'm picking the director just because we can see the growth and the change over time from Itania to Cruella.
3: I'm not sure what this means, but I do have the observation that both your first choice and my first choice were picked because somebody had the opportunity to slime us Mm -hmm. and didn't.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, and what does it say about the typical fat representation when you're going like, when you when the when the fat joke doesn't occur and you're like, what happened? Yeah.
2: (laughs) I wonder if I wonder if everyday audiences think the same thing. Like because they're not tuned in the way that we are, they're just experiencing the movie and not thinking twice about it. Do they have the same experience of like, oh, I thought there was going to be like a fat joke there?
0: I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so because the movie is handled so well. There's so much other stuff to look at. You don't sense. Sure. You know, you don't sense this like, oh, there should have been something there. Mm-hmm. Like,
3: there is something there.
0: They both re- they yeah. both repel into
2: shock. There is. They, right. Yeah, I right. agree
3: with that. There, there is something still happening. So, unless you're specifically looking for the omission, you may not notice. Right.
2: Which is great. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. Um, I mean, yeah. we're an overinformed
3: audience. <laughs>
2: uh yes. Yeah, so congratulations. A paranoid
1: <laughs> audience. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. I part of me does believe. There is like just angry people out there. Like, what do you mean they didn't make a fat joke? It was right there. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for nothing.
2: Director.
1: Obviously the movie. Yeah. I would have given it 10 points,
0: but I gave it nine points because they didn't take advantage of the fat jokes. Mm
2: -hmm. Right. (laughs) Far too many
0: missed opportunities. Dan, do you have another one for us? I do. I do indeed. So I want to give a shout out and a chubby to why women kill season two. Uh, This is outstanding. For a number of reasons. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful hunk of art, but even aside from that, there is a major, I mean, the plot actually revolves around like the center holding the whole, because it's a huge, it's a huge involved season of a show. But what holds it all together is this family uh, of Alma and her husband, Bertram and their daughter, Dee, Hmm. and they're all fat. Yes. And it's not about them being fat. It's about Alma's need to climb the social ladder to get into the Rotary Club. Hmm. It's about Bertram and he has, I believe he's a, a vet. He's a veterinarian and, you know, with a, let's, I don't want to spoil it. He has a side job, so to speak. He has a side hmm. interest that he pursues. Hmm. And D, their daughter, you know, she works as a waitress and she's got this hot guy on the side. Now this this is what I mean about the show. So she's got this hot guy on the side, but he won't see her in public. Not because she's fat. He won't see her in public because he is he is someone else's he is the kept boy of this oh. other rich and powerful woman and he mm-hmm. can't be seen in public with any woman.
1: Hmm. Interesting. It's
0: not dealt with whether he is a chubby chaser, but clearly he is very interested. Yes,
1: very, very clearly attracted to He is very ve- clearly
0: attracted to very D, attracted mm-hmm. to, uh, D mm-hmm. the daughter. And and when she throws him out, because she's like, you know, I don't like this relationship. I don't like that we never got in public. I don't like that you're a kept man and I don't get to see you. Hmm. And but then she ends up with a different guy who is ah. who is also wonderful. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I just love that it's, that the portrayal is of that they're desirable, they're lovable, and it's not about their weight. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the other thing. Do they make the weight invisible? Because that wouldn't be credible either. Because mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. live in a society where that makes a difference. What's amazing is that, yes, there is an awful, like, phobic person. It's the villain. Hmm. The only person who has a problem or who says anything negative about Alma's size is her rival who is the villain in the season. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of perfect. Man,
1: it was so amazing to see and watch this show and rival. It's like there there's three fat characters <laughs> and they're all competent and they're all complex mm-hmm. and they're all desirable and you get to see how much Bertram loves Alma. Mhm. And And Alma loves Bertram. Mm -hmm. And they love their D and D has two love interests. (laughs) And it's just like it's
0: Yeah. Who are both drop dead gorgeous and completely different. So I was gonna mention Nick Frost. Mm -hmm. Nick Frost plays Bertram. Mm -hmm. And as I say, he is a veterinarian with a rather odd side hobby, but he plays Bertram because Bertram, again, he's a veterinarian, so he's highly competent and highly Mm -hmm. precise. It is the opposite of a fat stereotype. If anything, if you were going to go by physical stereotype, you would hire some skinny little anal retentive, you know, white guy with glasses. Mm. But no, it's Nick Frost, you know, who is huge and gorgeous, and it's it's and his range as an oh actor. my he's god, like because insane. he's also he's also in the Nevers as this sort of uh, thug, mm-hmm. which is the complete opposite of Bertram, who is this you know very much part of society, uh, uh, a good professional making mm. you know making a home for his family. Just wonderful! It's a really brilliant portrayal, and he deserves to be recognized for how much care he puts into the interpretation of Bertram. Because that's Mm -hmm. that's
3: that's not the show; that's that's the actor. Also worth bringing up uh, the lead of that that season, Alma. Excuse me, uh, the woman who plays Alma, yes, is uh, Allison Tolman. Mm -hmm. Yes, and she has she is a really unique place in network television, Mm -hmm. in that she's the only fat woman I can think of that has been given leads or co-starring roles in like three major shows that have never like been about her weight, but she has been the lead. And I'm, I'm curious about that because that's not the way the networks normally think. You're absolutely right. Giving multiple chances to this actress. That's a rarity.
0: I think if I had to, if I had to come up with a reason for that, it's because she is a really good physical representation of sort of white
3: woman in middle America.
0: Yes. I agree. And I think that is, she, She's just bang. That's, that's, and what that's, that that that's like.
3: something I've been advocating for in casting forever. Like, I don't understand why our daytime soap operas aren't filled with women who look like the whip, the, the shows that they're watching, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know?
1: Um, you know, Don, that get, I think would give me a good segue into my gasp. Uh, my second chubby goes to Yellow Jackets. Oh. Um, which I talked about a little bit, but specifically within Yellow Jackets, Melanie Linsky, who we talked about just a couple episodes ago. Well, I guess now when this comes out (laughs) several episodes ago, because of the kind of fighting her fighting for just fat characters, being able to be just, you know, human beings, but also um, an incident she had on set where Mm -hmm. someone approached her like, Oh, you know, I'm sure like if you wanted a trainer, like the, the producers and, and, uh, directors and everything would be able to help you out with that. Um, and so yellow for those of you who aren't really kind of super plugged in yellow jackets is about a group of women reflecting kind of they're haunted by their past from an incident when they were in high school, they were a soccer team and their plane crashed in the wilderness and kind of their survival. And also like moving on from being part of this media sensation of their survival and Alinsky's uh, Linsky's character of Shauna being able to just be a woman who is fat and just kind of living, trying to have a life. She's a mom. She, you know, has a husband who loves her, who she kind of like met in high school and kind of maintained this relationship after coming back. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but just like, she looks like a normal person and she is, her character is a normal person who's kind of trying to overcome this. And just like, it is what I want to see. Mm -hmm. I just want there to be able to be fat characters who like it could come up, but it's not really a thing. They just exist and they are kind of involved in mystery and intrigue and scandal. And she's kind of talked about that and just like seeing it. And then just like the actress. Yes. uh, And just like, there would be so much opportunity for them to make it about her weight especially because there is this theme of trauma Mm -hmm. and survival and and how. And the before versus after. Yes, Mm -hmm. before and after and Mm. being a woman and how, you know, being a woman connects with all of that. And that they didn't go the route of like, oh, well, you know, she did go through all that. Oh, yuck. And that like, no, she's just, she's just a mom. She's living her life. And it's been, I think it's like the 25th anniversary of kind of the the plane crash and everything. And just like, she's had a kid. She's unru- like, she's a human being. Like it just that th- thing, like saying, like she just looks like any person you would know. You probably know like at least, you know, 10 people in your life that look like her and just like, I love it. I love to see it.
3: All right. Mm-hmm. So the one I've picked for my second one is also in the spirit of Trevor's Fat people being allowed to just live their lives. What? Um, so Ruther- Rutherford Falls. Oh, oh yes. yes. Is on Peacock. Oh, and gosh, yes. I have to admit, um, I have only seen the first three episodes. Those are the ones that were available for free. I do not subscribe to Peacock. It's
1: good. You, you, you want to open up your purse, Don, because <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. They're doing it's good work it. there.
3: Um, mm. The portrayal of the character Reagan Wells, <sighs> who's their oh. lead character in there, is a large Native American woman. So not only is she a large person, but she's of an ethnicity we don't see often Mm -hmm. portrayed on television. No. Yeah. Uh, They're very human about it. Like her size is not necessarily spoken directly to in those first three episodes, but people treat her a very specific way that I think most fat people will recognize. Mm -hmm. This sort of dismissal of the character in so many areas or being utilized for the skill set that they've developed because they're being rejected and that becoming their point of value. Mm. Um, Which is a very, another very interesting thing about that show that just made me click with it. Yeah. I mean, you guys have seen it apparently. What impresses
0: me so much about that show is that it handles some of the toughest things we are talking about in society today. And it handles them like, I don't want to say easily, but it handles them just so deftly and, and with humor Mm-hmm. Uh and really like oh my it, god, yeah. No, it's
1: it's so smart and it's so well done and such a huge topic to discuss while still doing it with humor yeah. and just having a like uh Reagan is very, I don't know, to me kind of like a very Liz Lemony character very, of just like very, Mm. so just like trying to get everyone like so competent and trying to get everyone else around her to be competent. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah. the smartest person in the room struck, who can't yeah.
0: convince anyone else to make the smart Mom. decision. And I think, and I don't know, you know, I don't know the Liz Lemon character that well, but the thing with her, with Reagan too, is that it's almost like she's got the most important job in the show. Like her character is like, she's trying to get this cultural center started mm. and she's trying to, like, she's trying to do so much good. It's like, it's, it's such a big vision and she's being; she gets get thwarted by you know stupid reasons and idiot, idiots who have
1: them. Yeah, and and the people that she's trying to help, like yeah, just <laughs> it's relatable in a lot of ways. Well, and, and it doesn't it's,
0: treat Native Americans as a monolith like she mm-hmm. is the Native Americans and this is what Native Americans think. Like, no, mm-hmm. she has there's there's dynamics within the yeah. tribe and where her mm-hmm. place. There's in different the tribe portrayals
3: and, of Native Americans in that that's also the most diversity of character. Yes. Yeah. Um. One thing I thought was interesting was the last episode I got to watch, um, she gets paired up with this reporter character yes. who's the the hottie from Schitt's Creek. He is. He plays the veterinarian. He's very hottie. And the portrayal of her being in that situation of being out with him in a non-sexual situation where you're starting to get vibes mm-hmm. that there's something happening, but you're just, there's no way you'd never ask, you know? Mm-hmm. So- that awkwardness of it and that lack of security because that just doesn't happen to you spoke to me mm-hmm. so clearly yeah uh, yeah that it was shocking to see it on television mm-hmm. you know so yeah give it a shot Rutherford Falls it's on Peacock three episodes for free with commercials and then you have to subscribe open your okay. purse
1: open your purse America <laughs> it's yeah it's i i would also say um, Girls 5 Eva is also very much worth the money for Peacock. Uh, it was in the running, but, you know, we only get two Chubbies each. <laughs> we only have two hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: uh, Trevor's was busy. Well, I think it's it's uh, fitting that I'm going last here because this is the typically the part of the show where we would do a tip. And I think my Chubby also serves as a tip, um, which is that I. <laughs> your, what? your Chubby your has chubby a tip. little tip. <laughs> The chubby tip.
3: (laughs) All right. Open up, everybody. Get ready for Michael's chubby little tip. Let's do it. He's a a tip. (sighs) Just a tip, Michael.
2: (laughs) Continue, continue. I'm going to let this sound effect play to the very end. (laughs) I don't even know how long it is.
0: Are they going to alight upon the tip?
2: So, my my chubby uh, is going to go to Patrick Allen Wood who is the maker of uh, swimsuits that we uh, oh, found yeah. actually Michael found uh, last year um, when we were all gearing up to go to big Bayou. Um, so this isn't a TV show. This is an actual this product. This is a, a, a brand. Yeah. A brand. Uh, he's an individual um, who has proven to be extremely fat friendly um, in his sizing. He makes custom, um, well not custom per se, but he makes a uh, handmade uh, swimwear and he had underwear on his website. Uh, it's gone now. I don't know if he still does it if you have to ask him. Um, but the reason I bring it up is because the last time we checked in about this, which I think was a month or two ago, uh he had shut his website down temporarily just sort of in between seasons. It is back online. Yay! Boom. Oh. oh goodness. Go to check him out. Balloon. He is back. He is ready for the 2022 uh summer season, which I presumably most of his business comes for swimsuits mm-hmm. and in between seasons, he doesn't just- Yeah,
3: doesn't. I mean, the polar bear ice swimming crowd can only carry you so far.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially with the garments like his, which are very, uh, they're very sexy and mm-hmm. very revealing. Um, and he is just so easy to communicate with. Um, I bought a swimsuit from him. My, my boyfriend, Michael, bought a swimsuit or two swimsuits from him. Mm-hmm. Dan bought a swimsuit. Trevor bought a swimsuit.
3: I'm the odd man out.
2: Um, well, Bigger Vegas is coming. Yeah. It's coming up. He's back in business. Um, he did have also underwear because we brought him up when we were talking about mm-hmm. um, underwear sizing and, and all that. And he might, he's been very responsive to custom requests, and That's why if you go on his website, his sizing that's written on the website only goes up to 4X. And he has it also in inches so you can know exactly what you're getting. But just write him personally. He is happy to make anything to accommodate you. And we have found that his instincts on how to size up have been pretty much dead on um, so far. So I, yeah, I really appreciate that. He's an individual who we just happened across and um, the quality of the swimsuits is great. Mine fits great. Michael's fits great. I highly recommend him. Check him out if you want. Um, And maybe we can get him to start doing underwear again. I don't know. Year round. So that is
3: the 2022 Chubbies. Yay. Check out some of these fine products that we've discussed.
2: I, this is like the eighth time this year that we have needed an, an applause sound effect. And I keep forgetting to add it to the board. But Aww. at some point. <laughs> okay. Thank stop. you. Thank you. Okay. Stop. That. Oh, yeah. It's. <laughs> well, it's time.
1: It's time to sing you out.
3: With a bit. What? Oh, we have a bit. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> awesome. We have, we have a surprise bit today. We, we didn't even know. Oh, we we've, we've done bits at right. the Holy moly. So, uh, seeing as how we're doing the chubbies, it is time for great moments in awards history. Da, 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 da. History, history,
1: history.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we've got a couple questions about various awards. Um so first off, after being introduced as presenter of the award for best picture during the 1985 Academy Awards, Lawrence Olivier received a standing ovation as he entered and then immediately did what? Uh, One, huh. tripped and fell, knocking the podium off the stage <laughs> and knocking out a cameraman. Oh, dear. Tuh. Two, promptly blurted out the winner, Amadeus, without any preamble or announcing the nominees. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Three, vamped a soft shoe dance number with Billy Crystal for a full two minutes while microphone issues were fixed. Oh, my God. Or four, Unplanned, he complained for a full minute about the snacks in the
1: green room.
2: I'm going with complaining about the snacks. I'm going with complaining about the snacks. That's I, I don't
1: know why that sounds like. Yeah, them.
0: I can think of a number of reasons, but that's why.
1: <laughs> I want it to be tripped and fell and knocked <laughs> over a podium because that was the first thing I thought before. Join we even got to us. That. So now Join I gotta us. get. I gotta manifest what I want. We. That's you going for it? I'm going for tripped it. Tripped because I because I want to. I at okay. least want to picture that.
3: Tri- one tripped and fell and two unplanned. And mm-hmm. the correct answer is promptly blurted out the winner. Oh, yes. oh my God. Or announcing the
2: nominees. Oh my God. He just blurted it out. Is that why they now put the winner inside an envelope that's sealed? Maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or he just left it behind and like, <laughs> I already, I mean, I already he read it. opened it, it, it backstage.
2: And <laughs> just didn't want to even stand on stage any longer than he had to. Yeah. We found that even putting it in an envelope. Uh, well, that's not foolproof either. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> right.
3: And I even found out that the whole moonlight debacle from mm-hmm. a few years ago wasn't the first time that happened. Really? Oh. Yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. announced the wrong winner one time in the past. I had to walk back to the microphone and say, oh. sorry, got it wrong.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: All right. At the 46th Academy Awards in 1974, a stunned and amused Elizabeth Taylor quipped, that's a pretty hard act to follow. Mm. To what she was, was she referring? One, the streaker who'd just run across the stage holding up his fingers as peace signs two, the two dancers that had just smacked into each other during a performance, knocking one of them unconscious. <laughs> Three, a video montage error that started showing a massive song and dance number from Hello Dolly. Or four, they mistakenly started rolling in the in-memoriam music and text graphic over a picture of her face as she entered. Oh, oh
2: no. I'm going to say the streaker. That sounds right. You said this is 1970? Streaker,
0: 1974.
2: Yeah, yeah. this sounds streaker. very 70s to I'm going to go the streaker.
3: Okay, we got two streakers and Trevor looking... Pensive.
2: Puzzled. Mm. Thoughtful. He's he's really digging into the history of this Considering. one. Considering, I'm going to say the Hello Dolly accident. All right. Okay.
3: We got uh, one for Hello Dolly and two, what were the streakers? Two for streakers. Because yeah, yeah. Michael okay. and I are
1: going to lose, but we're going to lose together. And
3: yeah, the exactly. correct answer is the streaker. Yeah, Damn, um, we're not going to lose. The streaker just <laughs> somehow got access to the cave right before Best Picture, streaked the stage. Um, to redeem decorum. Co host uh, David Niven oh God. quipped, Isn't it fascinating to think that probably the only laugh that man will ever get in his life is by <laughs> stripping off and showing his shortcomings?
2: That is a fantastic recovery. <laughs> and how I want
0: like, was that written for him or did he really improvise that? That's, it gorgeous. must have been
2: improvised. It's well, gorgeous. It may have I mean, been something that he had heard before. Mm-hmm. He may have had that in his pocket at some point. Maybe. But, it, I mean,
3: it is David Niven. That's, okay. that's
2: very clever, though. I like we
3: that. are leaving the Oscars and the Academy Awards behind. Thank God. Who said this? <laughs> what award are they accepting, and what a movie are they accepting it for? Oh, first of all, I want to thank Warner Brothers for putting me in a piece of shit, god awful movie. Oh, man. it was just what my career needed. I was at the top, and then this movie <laughs> just plummeted me to the bottom. Love it. It's hard being on top. It's much better being on the bottom. I want to thank my manager, Vincent. This guy loves me. He loves me so much that he convinces me to do projects. Everyone knows they're shit. That's how much he really yeah. loves me. My only advice to you is next time I do a movie, if I get a chance to do another movie, maybe you should read the script. <gasps> and this is the acceptance speech for an for Academy is Award?
1: This is the acceptance speech
3: for a award. An award. By who? I see. And for what I, movie?
1: I have a feeling I know what it is. Don't tell, right.
2: tell us the answers.
3: We're coming. Well, Trevor, do you want to th- chime in first or should I? Oh, are
2: you not giving it? I will uh, give the answers if you want, but if you want the to answers. Guess, Okay. Bonus points if he gets it before you say who. Yeah. If you think you know who this is, well, I, mean, I it out I, now. So, Okay. I'm going to, I think
1: it is. It's ha- for two points. If he I gets think, it right. I think it's Hell one point
2: you, for who, one point for well, I'm what saying movie. Because he's guessing before you've given the yes. options, he okay. should get bonus points. I think it's
1: Halle Berry, the Razzies for Catwoman. Oh, oh. that's a good guess. That's a and good
2: you guess. are correct. Damn! Damn. <laughs> Damn. Holy shit. Yep. I need a that is separate.
3: one of the most epic <laughs> acceptance <laughs> speeches at the Razzies. <laughs> the only other one that came close was Sandra Bullock, accepting for What About Bob? Apparently Mm. she had quite the monologue. Wow. All right.
0: Nailed it. I I love that. Has anyone ever heard of What About Bob? (laughs)
4: Because
3: What About Bob? So so. it wasn't What About Bob. It was something else. Anyway, um, we're going with that now. 2020. This is our final questions. Everyone ready? Mm -hmm. 2022 marks a first for the Raspberry Awards. What new category makes its first appearance this year? One, worst song by a grown-ass man. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Two, Worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. <laughs> three, worst spastic body motions pretending to be choreography. Ooh. Wow. Or four, worst attempt at costuming.
2: Mm. <sighs> I think. I think what was it? Worst song by a grown-ass man? That's what I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna uh, say. Worst that. song by a grown-ass man. I think yeah. that. I like that. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think I that too. Okay, and then I want
3: three votes for worst song by a grown ass yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. The correct answer is in fact. Worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 <laughs> movie. What How movies? many movies was he in? Uh, he was in a lot, and uh, for really? the sake of time, I think there were like six. Nominations. Oh my god, yeah, it was a lot. Uh, so, well, wait,
2: wait, wait. Do you know what movie? I, I will have enough to look for it multiple nominations, I suppose. I want to know what he won for, though. True. Uh-huh. I, I I gave up on Bruce Willis. I I I can't I can't with him. He's one of those like.
0: Does he give you a sixth sense? <sighs>
3: okay uh the
2: movies my finger is hovering <laughs> over the soundboard i
3: win i win you
0: the movies that he was that nominated again.
2: for
3: include deadlock what <laughs> fortress <laughs> survive the game i feel like Jesus. these are all going to be movies we haven't heard of midnight of in is. Is. the switchgrass in the, w- sh- the switchgrass yeah cosmic sin <laughs> apex is cosmic sin porn out of Death, you wish, and American Siege. Yeah, no, I, I didn't hear but that. The name. only it's one I feel
1: like I've heard of is maybe Apex, movie. but maybe I'm thinking. Did Alt- he
2: record these via Zoom? How is he in six
1: movies? I'm assuming that a bunch of these were like kind oh, of like delayed backup. or like backed up. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Oh boy. Well, Trevor wins once again. Oh, we're back. I, I, I had a two week winning streak. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You did good. You did
3: good. I, so, Trevor. If our listeners have co-starred with Bruce Willis in a movie, where can they go to tell us about it? Oh, God. well, Hold on.
1: and go. It's been fun, but where? uh, oh, no, no, I can't sing this. I, uh, singing will just throw me off. We're no, on in Twitter it. and Instagram as at Big Pet Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Da da da. da. (laughs) Five stars. Um, Five stars. No, actually, uh, I mean, I'll I'll post the list of some other things we were considering at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Great stuff to watch. It's been fun. It's been great. Maybe Michael's behind you (laughs) (laughs) with a chubby.